0: I mean, I call it lip gloss, but <laughs> if you're going to shame me on my strawberry-flavored Navia lip gloss, then yes.
1: Harry, I have to applaud you, man. You've really done
0: an awesome job. Thank you. I was on Fox Digital on this Bud Light gate, I guess you want to call it. I wasn't a huge fan of the headline. You know, if you read the article and then watch the little video. The only other thing I would say about that is I have been in touch with more AB distributors, and just like we suspected, this is more of an issue in rural areas in the south and the heartland. But the distributors that I talk to that are in that situation, they're different pockets of their individual territories where it's a lot worse than others. So it's really neighborhood by neighborhood. And you know, one distributor was like, you know, there's a certain set of bars that won't even accept our product. And there's a certain amount of C stores where we didn't sell a case of beer this weekend, you know, in the rest of the market, it was the same. And so, you know, we can't look at year over year because of the Easter timing. Easter was a week earlier last year, you know, we're going to need at least a month worth of data to really do a post-op. What am I trying to say? Not post-op, post-mortem. Thank you. (laughs) Post-mortem. That's the right word. And, but what we can look at is beer sales compared to a week ago. What I'm hearing is the number I keep hearing is eight to 10%. So distributors that are in the South that affected were basically down eight to 10% from the week before. Now, whether it goes past another two weeks or so, we have no idea.
1: And I think some distributors in the Heartland, the Molson Coors distributors also did us a solid in reminding us that they didn't have any product around this time last year. So right. they're going to see a big spike in sales regardless because they didn't have anything to sell last year because of the sludge or whatever that was. So you can't, we can't really look at that either. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while before I think we can really dissect what's going on. Yeah.
0: Well, AB has been very quiet about it, which is probably the right move. I can't imagine anything they would say that would add or benefit to the narrative. And, you know, haters going to hate, quitters going to quit. I just wish everybody would quit. They're being so loud. No, nobody's picking up today. You need to everybody's
2: picking up on it, Harry. Yes. You need to calm
0: down. I know. People need to calm down. Thank you, Jordan. They need to calm down. They're being too loud. But we'll see. All right. And uh, like I said, I have a plumber here. <laughs> and so I may have to duck out, but y'all just carry on.
1: I don't know. But Somebody asked me the other day with your affinity for the float life now, if the crime wagon has been officially retired. Because when we first started doing the podcast, it was all about the crime wagon. Is the crime yes. wagon still around? No, the crime wagon got stolen, Jordan. Um, <laughs>
2: that is yeah. the definition of irony. Somebody call Alanis That <laughs> I know.
0: Well, the th- first of all, it didn't run. I lost the key to it. It was a three wheeled electric bike monstrosity and I didn't lock it up. It was just kind of next to my garage in the back. You can't see it from the street, but somebody had to go back there and actually take it and it didn't run. So I don't know how they got it to the front yard, but that was before I had cameras, but it's fine because it didn't work. So nobody had stolen it. It would still be there with weeds growing up over it. So it's probably for the best. That's called automatic recycling. We call that. All right. Well, let's. We have Ty Gilmore has entered the waiting room. Why don't we just wait one more minute so that we can kind of get them both at the same time? Hey, guys, Nobody. if you
2: guys were to invest in any of the coins, which coin would you invest in?
0: Doge. Don't even have to think about it. <laughs> just Doge all the way, Doge to the moon. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Jordan probably still has money with FTX,
1: and he's, <laughs> he doesn't even know he can't get it out. I Is should I should look into that investment. See how
2: it's <laughs>
1: paying off for me.
0: That John Ray, he might get you fifty cents on the dollar. That guy's <laughs> that guy's knows how to find value under rocks with Enron. Uh, All
2: right.
0: Well, I'll go we'll ahead. Let tie in. I'll go ahead and let tie in. And can we not just be such blatant nerds on here, Jen? Can we? Can you and I try? And I'm I am I'm pointing at I you. Try.
2: I try every day. But here's the thing, Harry. Every time we're on this podcast, you say, BeerNet Radio is where all your dreams come true. And my dreams still haven't come true. And I come on BeerNet Radio all the time. So. Your dreams
0: are way too big, Jen. You need to rein <laughs> them in a little bit. Maybe bring it back down. You know? being yeah. intergalactic lord might be a dream too high.
2: How Do you did you know? Me?
0: Oh, we have our guests in from Tilray. Jane, why don't you introduce our guests so we can Hello. get started?
2: Yes. Well, welcome to BeerNet Radio, gentlemen, where all your dreams come true, allegedly. <laughs> Today on the show, we have Erwin Simon and Ty Gilmore of Tilray Brands. Irwin is Chief of Tilray and Ty is Chief of Tilray's U.S. Beer Division, and they're both storied CPG veterans. Irwin founded Hain Celestial, the well-known better-for-you food company that was a forerunner of the very movement that has permeated CPG in the early 90s, and Ty is a beverage vet having spent decades at juggernauts like Glacier's Beer and Diageo, but also startups like Flying Embers. So welcome, gentlemen. How are you doing today?
3: We're doing well. How are you?
2: Oh, all over the place, as per normal, but thank you for asking (laughs)
3: You should, you know, interview us till four twenty, then you can have a four twenty beer with us. Okay. Well,
2: yes, yeah, we do have water here. So I am
0: waiting for the laws to catch up with me. I'm in Texas, so that my, I might have to wait a while. But you know, I was <laughs> yeah. saying, you know, Irwin, that you guys kind of the perception was that you're a weed company that's gotten into the beer business, but really now you're a beer company that has a weed business. And
3: well, um, I think a couple things were cannabis company and we're the number one cannabis company in Canada in recreational. We are the number one cannabis company in Europe in medical cannabis, and we tie now aboard. We're the number one craft brewer in Georgia. We are the 10th largest craft brewer in the United States. We got the fastest growing beer in New York today in the craft with Montauk beer. We got some strong brands that are growing in you know, Ty gave me a number the other day of like 80 plus percent in green flash. We have the world's number one whiskey business with Breckenridge Brewery, Bre- Breckenridge Distillery, sorry. And so we got a lot going on. Wow. That's, sounds yeah. like it. When well, you say Breckenridge, Breckenridge Distillery, is that what are you making there? Is it whiskey or? we're making our bourbon business there and i'll get you one of those in a second we are also have our vodka business there so there's breckenridge bourbon
0: okay
3: she just named the number one you know the worlds and there is our vodka okay and our gin business is right there breckenridge gin is right there and there is breckenridge gin which is that and we have a fine restaurant in Breckenridge, Colorado. That one of the hardest restaurants to get into. And have Ty was there with me a few weeks ago, and probably one of the best T-bone or, not, or tomahawk, tomahawk steaks S- ever had in my life. Right, Ty?
4: It was great. It was really good. Yeah, uh, Ty.
3: Tough. I'm going to have to get your
0: cell phone number so I can get into that restaurant. <laughs> I was just to say,
2: you can get us in there though, right?
0: Yeah.
2: We need to have a meeting. A conversation. We can
0: get you in there. I'm
4: we sure we pull some strings. We'd love to have you out.
3: All so, right, sounds nice. good.
2: Nice, cool. And, and you know, one thing
3: I just missed is Happy Flower. proud a Happy Flower, and I just saw the Chicago Cubs were the first stadium of Major League Baseball that are going to allow CBD drinks mm. be sold within their stadium. So it's coming. It's you know, you know. I did an interview yesterday, whether it, it was CNBC or you know, Yahoo Finance or whatever, but it's, you know, infused drinks and legalization with cannabis is coming one day.
2: Well, I think what Harry was getting at is in the US, is it fair to say that you're first and foremost a bevout company because the legalization has been slower going?
3: Well, you know, as a company today, because we trade as a public company on the NASDAQ and on the Toronto Stock Exchange, we cannot be involved right. in any touch. businesses and touch a plant that is a cannabis product and because of that so in the us today between our breckenridge between sweetwater montauk and our wellness business manitoba harvest that's our cpg company that we're involved with and each of those you know our adjacencies or products and brand names that one day upon legalization can be used to sell cannabis products or drinks or foods that are infused with THC.
2: I'm curious too, because you said some, well, you guys just reported Q3 and you acquired Hexo, right? And but that's for a different conversation. But you mentioned, as you're just saying now, basically, that when federal legalization does occur in the states, you will kind of take those brands, including the alcohol brands, and try to extend them, right? Does that include distribution, right? So, say where you have green flash with Reyes, would green flash with you know THC if legal flow through reyes is that what you guys would prefer to stay with your existing distributors if it's lawful
3: so i'll answer that and i'll then turn it over to ty first of all i think today we have an excellent you know base of distributors and group of distributors out there i think whether it's beer distributors or spirit distributors they realize one day if thc infused drinks come into play they want to be playing in that arena because they see it could cannibalize the whole beer and spirits industry. And I come back and say, whether it's Diageo, Brown Foreman, Bacardi, you know, they're all looking at this industry also and saying upon legalization, we want to be in this industry. And, you know, there was time Constellation got into it. There was not time Constellation got involved with this with Canopy, you know, some other Molson cores got involved with Hexo. So ultimately you're going to see upon legalization, a lot of the, you know, spirits and alcohol businesses get involved with this, you know, industry.
2: Right, right. No, that makes complete sense. Well, let me go back a little bit, you know, in earnings, quarterly trends are still great for the BevAlk arm. They've decelerated a little bit from prior quarters. I'm curious, you know, have you guys seen any challenges like expanding some of the brands westward, especially with California being so saturated? Just kind of thoughts on that.
4: Uh, yeah, I'll take that one, Jen. So I think, you know, if you, look at, if you look at Q2, we're up double digits. What you have to understand is that there was an acquisition. That's when we took on Breckenridge. So that's why that, you know, high double digit growth uh, was built into that. So the 5% growth now we're cycling the acquisition. You know, as far as going West, you know, what I would say is that there's a lot of great craft brands out West and great craft breweries. We knew it was going to be a bit of a challenge. It takes time to build brands, right? You have to get the right people, um, the right brands, you know, through the right network. And it takes time. You know, what I can say is that we are extremely excited. You know, we have a a brewery in Fort Collins and, uh, you know, Alpine and Green Flash are now back in growth through the month of March. And so it's really exciting to see as we're kind of building this out, making the right investments. With Alpine, we just invested in a tap room at Petco Park. So if you go up onto the third level and you're looking over downtown, you'll see, you know, this Alpine outpost. Basically, it's what it is. Our tap room, and so we're pretty confident with the right investments and now with the right time that that we're going to be able to expand west. I also think, Jen, it's really important as we think about innovation, given that there's great brewers and great brands throughout the whole U.S. As we innovate, we're going to really kind of lean in on consumer trends yeah. and launch brands that can scale out nationally, like that just aren't a regional or unique flavor or skew. And so you're going to see a lot of cool things for us in, in the coming months on uh, what we're doing.
2: That's very interesting. One more from me, and then I'll kiss it off to whoever else wants it. You know, talking about innovation in more scaled plays does that mean that you guys might look to maybe consolidate wholesalers as well? Let's make it a little more turnkey as we're seeing with some of the other brewers.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, you know, we have a lot of great distributor partners out there. You know, Reyes is a great partner, as you kind of mentioned earlier, we had a top to top with them. You know, we're aligned to their growth strategy and their vision. We're excited that they're getting into spirits in some areas But we also have a lot of other great distributor partners, you know, for me and for Erwin, consolidation is not a strategic plank at this point, right? It's all about really building great partnerships and great alignment and having those partnerships and alignment that that revolve around folks that want to grow with us, right? And so folks that want to be on our growth train, our growth platform, you know, those are great partners to us.
3: And I think, guys, I think, you know, where we came out today... And I'm big on partnerships and I'm big on growing together and you know what you know we've been able to do with Reyes, what we've been able to do with United, just to name a few, what we've been able to do with Boning and Oak here in New York. So that is a big part. And you come back and think about it, you know, upon legalization or upon any change within the industry, you think what Tilray will have. We'll have our spirits business, we'll have our beer business. And then we'll have the opportunity with infused drinks. But at the end of the day, the distribution is key and getting products in store. Also then, you know, Ty and his team have about 75. And by then maybe he'll have a hundred and, you know, of different salespeople that are on the street building out the brands. And hey, who knows what else we'll own by then too. Because, you know, we're not sitting on our laurels here. And we're an acquisitive company and we really like the beer business. We see a good future in beer in so many different aspects and so many different types of drinks and stuff like that. So it's having all those pieces in place that ultimately will all come together.
2: I have, a, well, I know I said I would kiss it off, but then it based, you set me up well, Erwin. I know you're obviously a student of CPG and, you know, the rumor was, Part of the way that you found Montauk was at your grocery store, right? So when you're looking, you're an acquisitive company. And when you're looking and you're researching, is how much of your own personal exposure to said brand informs what you're buying next versus your market research? How do you find trends that you invest in?
3: So good questions. Listen, I started a company called the Heinz Celestial Group in 1993. And as you said before, built it into a three and a half billion dollar in the natural organic food industry. Okay. And I always tried to be ahead of my time. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes (laughs) it's bad. okay. It's, you know, it's interesting. You know, we are creating oat milk, almond milk, hemp milk before I could spell those things. So, you know, Montauk, I've spent a lot of time in the Hamptons and I've followed Montauk for years and, you know, no different than being out in front and acquiring Hexo. So with that, we try to be ahead on trends. We try to be ahead on what consumers are buying. I have four kids and I always say this here, if my kids will not eat it or my dog will not eat it, then we're not definitely buying. (laughs) So we, you know, we can go out and hire the BCGs and the top, you know, consulting and do all the research. But the world is changing quickly today and products are changing. And you come back and look what happened with the vodka seltzers and the white claws and the trulies and the fused drinks. And you know, and similar to what we're seeing with infused pre-rolls today, what we're seeing in regards to flour, in regards to the cannabis. So I, what we tried to do is bring it together and say There's millennials out there, there's Gen Z, there's different generations. And you come back to, you know, in regards to the older generation today that are, you know, today using pre-rolls or vape to sleep for pain, for anxiety and different drinks. The other thing is there's a big soda category. Listen, I haven't had a soda in 15 years, but I like to have a lot of different drinks and whether it's seltzer waters, etc., I'll never forget at Hain, my first time, when someone came to me with a water company, I said, who would buy a water company when you can go to a tap and get it free? Well, I was wrong. (laughs) So we're out there and we do a lot of different research. On the other hand, we're studying what consumers are buying today and where the trends are changing from a standpoint. We're also out there today, whether it's a can that looks like this here, whether it's a can that looks like this, whether you're buying water or you're going to be able to buy beer, you know, in a paperback one day. with You know, so that's its packaging, its products, its ingredients. You know, Ty, the other day, hey, Ty, what was my wife telling you in regards to beer that was infused with what? <laughs> Omega-8. Omega-8. Omega-8 or collagen. Yeah. Omega-3 for brain and, you know, brain development and stuff like that. And while you can say, wait, now I'm drinking a beer. It's not that good for me. But if it has collagen or (laughs) omega-3 and stuff like that, I'm getting some good out of it too. Okay. Well, I want, go ahead, Harry. No, no, you go ahead, Jordan. I wanted to jump back
1: just real quick on the westward expansion because y'all recently announced a move into Nevada And it wasn't just Sweetwater hitting Nevada. It was the Sweetwater craft family of brands. So Green Flash and Alpine as well. Was that the first time y'all had done a rollout like that with all three brands entering the state together?
4: You know, I've been here for now a little over three and a half months, so I can't speak to what maybe the rollouts were previous. I know when we went west, it was predominantly just Sweetwater. So but yeah, un, under my regime, yeah, this is the first time that we've actually gone into a market and launching our portfolio of brands, right? Okay. Sweetwater, Alpine, Green Flash, and, you know, and the, the relationship that we built there with Breakthrough and really kind of, you know, thinking through how we bring this portfolio of brands was really important to, to me and to them and what we do. So
1: Gotcha. All right. Well, then I'll move on to the festivities that Erwin mentioned Earlier on the call, and the big uh, holiday next week, obviously, you know, four hundred and twenty prior to COVID, four hundred and twenty festival was a big shindig for Sweetwater. I'm just curious, you know, what is the the focus and the emphasis on that festival nowadays? For to be another big shindig,
4: <laughs> a really big shindig, you know, but it's going to be at our brewery this year versus at Centennial Park. So, you know, it's going to be really cool, Jordan. You know, we're going to have three different stages set up here at our brewery. So we're gonna have a stage inside our brewery, or we're gonna have a stage outside our brewery in the parking lot. And then we're gonna have another stage right off our taproom. And so we're gonna have kind of rotating bands at each stage. And, uh, you know, we expect 3,000, you know, 4,000, maybe 5,000 people, depending on, you know, what we're legally allowed to have per day. And it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be, hopefully the weather's gonna be like it is today sunny and 70 and we're gonna have a lot of people out here enjoying you know our great great products and hearing some great bands and you know it's gonna be fun there there's a lot of excitement i know inside this building we're 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 getting prepped we're gonna be launching some new innovation we're gonna have some really cool interactive areas that's gonna make it feel really fun
0: so you're not anticipating rain
4: we're not, Harry. We're not going to bring up that word. Should I
0: even, That was the rudest thing yeah. I think I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> I
4: guess the, the good news, is if it rains and you're at like Centennial Park, that's all dirt, right? That rain and dirt creates mud. So we'll have rain and some cement and a lot of turf. so people Oops. can get in their cars and not dirty up the floorboards. I guess.
1: So. <laughs> well, My, go ahead, Jordan. Okay, sorry. My next question is related on this, on weather and 420, and you know, you think about 420 on the cannabis side, it seems like a Super Bowl sales event almost for the category. And I'm wondering if that is still the case. And also, it just had me thinking, what impacts cannabis sales? You've been, you know, you have several years of cannabis sales up in Canada under your belt now. And have you seen any sort of factors that impact? Because in beer, we talk about weather, we talk about its seasonality. Is that true for cannabis at
3: all? So, listen, it's a great question. And being the largest, you know, cannabis company within Canada today, and, and Canada, you know, is the only country in the world today where cannabis is legal from a federal standpoint. You know, it's legal in California, but it's a statewide from a legal standpoint. You know, I think the big thing is this here, and there's just again, you know, in the U.S., because it's not legal federally and you can't cross state lines and there's multi-state, you know, outlets, etc. I come back and say there's still, you know, again, you know, is it criminal? Can you carry it? You know, when you go to L.A. and you go to MedMan and buy product, can you go to the airport and fly to New York with it, whatever? So there's still a lot of confusion out there. But in Canada today, you can go province to province. You can, you know, in, you know, enjoy cannabis how you want to. I think the big thing is, again, the realization of cannabis today that you're buying legally. The different, you know, quality control that cannabis goes through. And I think there's still restriction on how you advertise and educate consumers on cannabis. And cannabis today can be enjoyed. You know, for a use no different than alcohol from a recreational standpoint, the benefits of cannabis is there's no hangover, You know you don't wake up the next morning there's no calories there's so there's a lot of benefits from a recreational standpoint i think the other big thing cannabis today is we're continuously learning the benefits from a medical standpoint whether for sleep anxiety and pain you know i just read a whole story in the wall street journal the other day about cannabis in regards to patients with dementia and alzheimer's and calming them down etc so you know, first and foremost, for the longest time, I had somebody here today that spent, and he owned one of the biggest cannabis companies, three years in jail many years ago, you know, for trafficking cannabis. And mm. You know, that does not happen today. So I think getting over the piece where cannabis, you know, is an illegal substance, you know, how it's classified is something important. But you're continuously seeing the growth of cannabis more and more every year, whether it's in Canada. This morning, Germany came out with new laws in regards to growing cannabis in your home and the use of cannabis and, you know, potentially what that will lead to upon legalization. So I think, and I've said it yesterday on CNBC, I said it on BNN Bloomberg, cannabis got to get legalized in the US, got to clear up all this misnomer. You know, in New York today, it is so confusing. There's medical cannabis stores out there that can't sell it. Other, if you don't have a medical card, around the corner, you got you know illegal cannabis stores selling cannabis today. So there's a big market for it. it ultimately, there's got to be legalization that comes into place in the U.S. from a federal standpoint, like Canada, and consumers you know, we've got to get educated about all the different uses of cannabis. You should be out there selling a lot more cannabis than opioids and some of these other drugs and medicines that are being sold out there that are very harmful.
0: It seems like it's – I guess there's probably not enough data because, like you said, it's so fragmented, it's kind of legal, it's kind of not. We've got all – every. there's so many moving parts that is there a way to know if cannabis is seasonal in any way like beer is? I mean, do people smoke more in the summer because the weather's better?
2: You know,
3: listen, during COVID, you know, people were home, they were smoking. I think, you know, there is, you know, we see seasonality. Yeah. I mean, going, it's interesting going into our, which were our fourth quarter, our year end is the end of May. Our fourth quarter is one of our biggest cannabis months. As you go into the summer, people are outside and, you know, and enjoying themselves. So there is some seasonality around it, but. It's something, you know, that cannabis is, you know, being indulged upon all, you know, all year round. Yeah. And and it's not like you have to celebrate when you walk the dog at night and you're going to sleep. You know, you might have a little free roll with you while you're walking the dog you don't have a beer with you while you're walking the dog and drinking a beer. Okay. Speak for yourself, I, Simon. Uh, <laughs> okay. First of
0: all, i take a beer with me, but I also don't pre-roll. Okay. I
3: roll my own, bro. Uh, okay. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. You're a flower. But if you look into a lot of people's pocketbooks, edibles are a big part of your sleep and relaxation and stuff like that. So I, you know, so there's many applications and I will tell you, there's amazing how many, you know, friends of mine call me and say, My mom wants, you know, ultimately a vape because she can't sleep at night, or my pain and anxiety. And I never thought I'd be buying it, you know, for my 80 year old mom, a vape uh, to you're, help you sleep at night. where she's in the closet taking a cu- few puffs in that. So. so you're a drug mule for your mother now. <laughs> uh, I no, I guess we can't I, say that. We can't I, say that. I, I educate <laughs> people about the benefits. Listen, I you know, I get so many calls and ask me to recommend them to doctors that can prescribe, you know, cannabis for them. And from a medical standpoint and I, you know, whether it was from Parkinson's disease or dementia, Alzheimer's, and I recommend them to different physicians that recommend the right, you know, ultimately potency and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, okay. The,
0: well, uh, one last question. We'll wrap this up. but um, Recommend. I never prescribe. Remember that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Only recommend. Not a I'm doctor. Not a Don't doctor. play one on TV. I'm Nothing. Not a doctor. So you come from a long history of successful CPG marketing. And so you've been there and you've done that. And I'm curious is because we in the beer industry have always had this conceit that we're different okay? We're different. We're not like P&G. We're not like any other food and beverage. We're not even like Coca-Cola. We're different. Do you Is that true? Is the beer industry any is that much different, or is it really just the same principles in marketing for CPG? Well,
3: I'll tell you what's different today. The consumer has changed, okay? And there's a new consumer out there, 21-year-olds today. You got to market to them differently than you had to in you and I A beer was a beer. We wanted that cold beer and the taste was important to us. Bud Light's learning that this week. Exactly. And man, can you make you know certain mistakes out there? But my point is today, the consumer is so different out there. And the other thing is this here, and I'll say it about myself. I was not that smart as a consumer as consumers are today. Like I said, my four kids and... You know three of my kids are over 21 and they know products today they know what they're drinking they were not looking for that 99 cent beer so that is the big thing today is the education of consumer listen no different than non-alc today no different than is it vegan what's in it they're also very you know concerned in regards to the environment and what's happening with the can and recyclability and stuff like that so That's the big thing today is the difference in the consumer and the consumer knows the product and what's in the product. Right. Harry, you said
2: that's the last question, but you know, I have to have the last word, right? It
3: wouldn't be our podcast if Jen didn't have
0: the last word.
2: And I agree, Erwin. I think the next wave of innovation is going to be very package oriented. But last question, you guys have been dancing around innovation, but we know you're still inquisitive. So what are you going to buy next? It's a spirits brand, isn't it? (laughs)
3: <laughs> so listen, I think, and I said this again yesterday, doing an acquisition for the sake of acquisition you don't do, and we're not just yield junkies. I think what I love is no different than acquiring brands or businesses that we really can make a difference, and we can grow, we can innovate, and we can make money for our shareholders, okay? And I think that's the important part of it. And if you come back and look at Greenflash, you come back and look at Alpine, Nelson. You know, they were kind of great, birds, but dead and out. You come back and look at where Sweetwater kind of hit the wall. You know, Montauk today, you know, the founders, you know, Vaughn and Terry,
2: and, yeah.
3: they took, it to a, took it to the right level, but they couldn't take it to the next level. Okay, And with that, you know, we're able to do that with our infrastructure that's in place today. And the same with Breckenridge. You know, Dr. Brian Nolt, who found Breckenridge, took it to a level and has taken it to the next level. And I think that's what's important to us to find that fits within our infrastructure, that fits within our organization. You know, we're entrepreneurial, we're nimble, we're flexible. We make stuff happen. And I think that's what's important within here, that we could find the right fit.
2: Right,
0: right. And there's always some deals out there, you know, as, as far as evaluations go. I mean, you guys have been opportunistic in your acquisitions and some of them, and it's probably a good time to run a slide rule
3: over some of these deals. Well, I think the big thing is, which we got to come back and look at, and I'll never forget when we bought Celestial Seasonings, the whole thing in the tea business, when you went to a store today and you looked at the tea category and say, what the hell do I buy? You You look at the beer category today. What do I buy in the craft beer businesses? And I don't know... You know, Ty, how many craft beers there are out there? You know, there's how many hazies, how many IPAs, how many India pay ales there are, you know, from out there. You know, what? why Wave Chaser in Montauk? And I think that's the big thing today is, you know, you got three seconds to 10 seconds of a consumer to make sure when they're buying it to get them to buy it. And consumer loyalty is real hard to keep today with TikTok and, you know, social media. And how do you do that? So that's what's important today is how you get the consumers to try your product. But more important, how do you keep them as loyal consumers? And when you walk into a supermarket to buy it, look at that cabinet. Just do me a favor next time. Go to a supermarket and look at the beer category, okay? We all know Bud Light, you know, we all know Molson's or Coors or stuff like that, but look at the craft beer in there and say, what the hell do I buy? And and, and the other thing is this here, you look at prices today, okay, and the difference, am I buying for price? You know, I look at beer today, it's $30 a Case thirty five dollars. So I don't. I want to spend fifteen. So am I buying it for price? Am I buying it for taste? Am I buying it because of the you know great looking package it's in? And there's a lot of decisions that are influence you whether to buy the product or not.
0: I think there's a point of diminishing returns that we've probably passed. Is is as far as how many SKUs we're offering on the shelf to where the consumer is so confused they end up buying nothing.
3: Well, and that's what you don't want, and that's why we have to make decisions and do skew rationalization that's why i think the old days have just thrown it against the wall and hopefully it's stuck you can't do that anymore
0: yeah this isn't a george foreman grill where you just set it and forget it exactly. that's the second george foreman grill reference i've made this week on the yeah. podcast so i'm Are on they fire
2: sponsoring they must be sponsoring us. They,
0: they should they should Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I uh, really you. appreciate it. Real thank fascinating input, and we we wish you guys the best. And well, you got you out of all the companies out there. You probably have one of the most going most things going on at once. You know, we, you're we in so try. many different
3: places. We try invite us back again anytime. This was exciting, and you know, we just try to make things happen. That's it. Cool. Thank all right, guys. You. We'll take Thanks. care.
1: Have a good one.
2: All right, Cheers.